All right. Well, you got your Bibles? You ready to make the devil nervous? Man, I just, after all that, I just want to go around and hug y'all. <laughs> we can do that later. Okay. Let's make them nervous. Say, this is my Bible. I can have. I can have. What the Word of God. What the Word of God says. I can have. Says I can have. I can do. I can do. What the Word of God. What the Word of God says. I can do. Says I can do. And I am. And I am. What the Word of God. What the Word of God says. I am. Says I am. Y'all excited about that this morning? Father, we just thank you for your word. Thank you for this church. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us into truth. And, Lord, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. So, Father, I thank you for free people, Lord, because we are rooted and grounded in your word. So we love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, we're going to start a series that I'm super-duper excited about. Super-duper. Super-duper. And, um, you know, it's actually something that we couldn't even remember if we've ever taught on this because we're going to talk about raising a family and doing it God's way. We and taught something similar to this, uh, believe it or not, at the YMCA many moons ago, and uh, that was pretty cool. But here's the deal of the matter, um, speaking for myself. Uh, when, before we had children, we read books on how to raise a family and all this, and, and so I thought I was pretty confident, knew what I was doing, gonna, we're going to bring kids into our marriage and our relationship, and I was just like, yeah, and... Uh, we got this. And so we were uh, pretty excited, and, and I was ready to write the Ten Commandments of Parenting. And, you know, we had kids, and a few years later, and it's like, you know, maybe those aren't commandments. You know, maybe they're uh, uh, guidelines and uh, how to raise a family, you know, and just kind of tone it down a little bit. So after raising a family, and we're empty nesters, so we just want to give you some thoughts <laughs> on... Suggestions? Uh, <laughs> no, we really are going to give you, though, the Word of God. The Word of God is is proven through and through. Am I right? So when you're raising a family, do you know that the Bible actually does talk about the family quite a bit? This is part of the Bible. And so uh, we'll interject some, some ex expounding on some, some of the scriptures, but we do say, you know, every family has different dynamics, has different stretching, and uh, yes, we, we understand that it's, uh, it's with God's help. Amen? How many would say, I need God's help? I need God's help. Yeah, I need God's help. My hand's still raised because uh, even now, you know, our kids are adults, but there's, there's still, uh, if you have grown children, you still have challenges with that. Am I right? May I see your hands? Wow. <laughs> So no matter what stage you're at, whether you are in the baby stage, the toddler stage, the child stage, the teenage stage, the young adult stage, the grandbaby stage, whatever, wherever you're at and wherever you're at watching, we know there are challenges and we want to help through the word of God through those challenges. You know, my mom and dad are here. 
I think they did a great job in raising their family. Can we family. just give it up for Greg's mom and dad? They're amazing. They are amazing. And uh, it's uh, w one thing that they said. Uh, I was the youngest, two older brothers. And when uh, Starling and I got married and uh, we were out of the house, um, my parents were just saying, you know, you go, go all these years of raising a family, and, you know, you kind of fumble through it, and about the time your kids are ready to leave the house, you kind of got it figured out, but then you're out of a job, and so, so uh, but uh, both Starlene and I were raised in Christian homes and uh, godly parents, and that is such a blessing, but here's, here's the thing that we got to remember is even though uh, my parents were awesome and are awesome, they're still just people. And the Apostle Paul said it this way, follow me as I follow Christ. And I think that applies in parenting. We have maybe uh, some people that we can look up to, but we never stop looking to God's Word and the principles of, of that foundation. We're just doing our best to follow God and other people that we may admire and look up to, such as our parents. But at the end of the day, we can't follow them. We have to follow the Lord because that's what we're accountable to. That's right. We're going to Proverbs 22, and we're going to verse 6. And uh, we're going to read it out of the Passion Translation. It says, Dedicate your children to God and point them in the way that they should go and the values they've learned from you will be with them for life. That, if I was to pick a theme verse for this series we're going to do, it's this verse right here. Now, many of you have dedicated your children to the Lord. And then it says, point them, because there's another verse, and I'm, I'm not going there, that says children are like arrows. So you got to point the arrow in the right direction, which is towards God. And you point them in the direction they should go. And the values, everybody say values. Values. The values they've learned from who? You. Ooh, that was a little weak. Who do they, do they learn them from their Sunday school class? No. Do they learn them from church? No. Do they learn them from school? Who do they learn values from? Parents, you. And the values they've learned from you will be with them for life. Wow. So God expects us to be able to uh, instill some values into our children. I know many times individuals think, well, the church is going to take care of that. The church should be supporting what you're already doing. That is the church's job. We want to support and confirm what they're learning from you at home. We have over here on the board of our, our visions, families reinforced. We're going to reinforce what you're already doing. But if you're not instilling in them values at home, then we can't reinforce anything because you're the first, you're the first shot. You're who they're going to learn it from. You know, and I guess that just comes to is uh, one of the first things, whether you're, you're married. I mean, it doesn't matter where you're at in life, kids, no kids, single. Do you talk about God in your home? 
Is the Word of God present? Is the Word of God alive and active? Uh, are we bringing up things going on in our world as teaching moments to bring God's Word into every moment? Uh, there's, there's a lot. We, we're in a moral, cultural war in America right now. And so we have plenty of opportunities for teaching moments. Well, what does God's Word say about this particular moral issue our country is dealing with? And so we, we need to bring God's Word as the standard in our homes. And we look to God's Word. And so that is part of the example. That is part of the directing our family and our children in the way that they should go. Is let's look to God and His Word. What does God say on that? I don't care what the news cycles say. Don't care what, you know, whoever podcast. It doesn't matter. What does God's Word say on that subject? And we need to have God's Word present. One of the things that we need is, is we have to be in a theme. theme of pastoring is get in God's Word and use God's Word on a daily basis. And that is one of the great things that we can do uh, as parents. Absolutely. And with the values, one of the big things that I know you and I saw from the Word of God, and one of the big things that we endeavored to do as instilling a value was teaching not only by our words, but by example, is the word respect. And respect is a value that God, it's a big deal to God. It's in the Word of God. It needs to be demonstrated, not just taught, but demonstrated in your home, respecting your spouse, respecting each other, and respecting the children. I'm going to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, and we're going to verse 17. It says, recognize the value of every person and continually show love to every believer. Live your lives with great reverence. Everybody say reverence. And in holy awe of God, honor your rulers. You know, this is basically teaching your children to put others above themselves. Now, this is something that has to be taught and caught. Because as children, we, we all arrive on this planet selfish. Am I right? When we're a baby, we expect you to feed us, change us burp us, help us do everything, wipe our tushy. I mean, come on, right? We are born selfish. We want you to do everything for us. But as we grow up, we have to learn the biblical principle of it's not all about me. Am I right? We have to learn and we have to, in our home, demonstrate by not only our words, but our actions to respect one another in the home. That the toy is to be shared. The food is to be shared. The fun is to be shared. But the chores are to be shared. Can I get an amen? And it's, uh, it's a powerful principle because, you know, honoring... Uh, and exemplifying that begins in how we talk, not only about uh, our governing leaders in our communities, but uh, a parent is a leader in the home and, a, and an authority. 
And so husbands and wives got to get this, that we honor one another's word. You know, kids, man, they come out of the womb, and, man, they, they're crazy. They've been in school in the womb. And so when they come out of the womb, they know how to argue. They know how to, I mean, they got lawyer tactics already going for them, you know, and and, uh, and they'll, look, they'll read a parent, and they'll find weakness, and, man, they'll play on that and just go, mm, but Dad said, and, uh, and, you know, and so then Mom's compromised in her authority, and so parents got to be, this is tricky business, and so you got to be on the same page as parents, and you got to respect each other's authority as parents and stay together in this. Because, man, if they find weakness, man, they'll jump in there and divide and try to conquer and get their way. Because one of the first words kids come out of the womb with is mine. Me. Mine. Right? Mine, 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 mine. And so sometimes uh, it can be challenging, like a lot of times. Okay, we're going to 2 Thessalonians 3. But, you know, as we're going there, I was just thinking... You know, if there's two parents in the home, you have got to be on the same page behind the scenes. What I mean by that is don't allow yourselves to discuss something in front of them because, boy, they pick up on that fast. You've got to come to conclusions behind the scenes, behind closed doors, so that when you are presenting something to them, you're already in sync. Now, if you're a single parent in here, you need to get in sync with God behind the scenes. Otherwise, they're going to they're gonna take you to, to lunch. I mean, I'm telling you, it's not going to be pretty if you don't get God in on it. They're not going to take you to lunch. They're going to take your lunch. They're going to take your lunch. <laughs> take it all. Yeah. Okay, 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 9. Not because we do not have authority... But to make ourselves an example, everybody say example, example, of how you should follow us. So basically what that's saying is you might have authority in the home, but if you are not being an example of what you're trying to communicate in the home, then you're, it's, it's, it's falling on deaf ears. Have you ever heard, do as I say, not as I do? That just doesn't work. It really does not work. If you're going to be able to truly make a difference in your children's lives, then it's got to be that you demonstrate what you want them to do. You've got to live out the life. You know, I've heard a lot of people, um, and I'm thankful that people use this phrase, oh, you seem to be the same on the stage or on the platform as you are off the stage. I'm thankful for that comment, but that goes for you too, whether you are in front of your kids vocally or you are in front of your kids and they're seeing what you're living. Are they seeing you arguing? Because they're going to argue. Are they seeing you raise your voice and yell? Because that's what they're going to do. So they will follow what you do. It's not just what you teach. It's not just taught. It's caught. You know, it's uh, the children, you know, they're, they come in. They learn some colorful language outside the home. Hopefully, that's where it's learned, not in the home. But, you know, uh, sometimes it's like even sometimes here in church, you know, kids will say some not appropriate words, and it's like, 
parents is like, man, I don't know where they got that. Well, they probably heard it, more than likely from a parent. And so that's kind of the, what you're saying is we have to, if you, we expect our children to have clean language, you got to exemplify it and not use the words that the world uses. you got to choose your words and not flap the handle and say things. You, you have to exempt, and sometimes that can be tough. And our flesh wants to say things and do things and, and take control of us, but we have to lead godly in our homes. You know, we're talking about morals and, and ethics, so I jotted down, um, you know, and your li- the list, this list could be endless, right? But I jotted down six things that I think really have got to be taught and caught. Uh, number one was humility. And that kind of already goes along with putting others above yourselves. That's, that's being humble of realizing I'm not the center of this home. <laughs> we'll get to that. You know, uh, yeah. we live, everyone knows this, we live in a selfie generation, right? And, and we're promoting, selfies are all about promoting ourselves. I look good today, and I'm with, and I'm eating, and whatever we're taking pictures of that we're surrounding ourselves with. But that has, has uh, not served us well. And so humility is one of the things in our culture that we really have to practice ourselves, but also has to be role modeled. That's right. Okay, number two, you ready? Self-control, and I added this, over our tongue. Now, we could have given you, we could have just preached a whole sermon on that, but we're going to move on. But self-control in the home over what you say, what comes out of your mouth, what you allow to come out of your children's mouth. Self-control. Can I, can we just stop right here? Yeah. We may, this may take a while. <laughs> um, we have to be very careful. We don't adopt the verbiage that the world is using because the world has got it wrong. I'm just going to say it. There's some things they do that's good and right, but things like this. Uh, we learned this early that uh, a two-year-old to the two-year-old stage is, is called what? The terrible twos. And so if, if we say that over our kids, words are spirit containers. And if we say, oh, our kids are in the terrible two stage, what is spiritually working in your home if you tell your child they're in the terrible two stage? What kind, you're going to have a, you know, and granted, two-year-old is a training. They're, they're, it's a training time because they're just conscious enough to realize where's the boundaries of what, I can, what can I do and what can I do? What can I get away with? So it's the training twos? It's the training it's twos. The training twos. Or, Starlene, in a moment of extreme challenging and exasperation, said, by faith, 100% by faith, because we call those things that are not as though they are. <laughs> the terrific twos. <laughs> These are the that terrific That was my twos. motto. And I couldn't see it in front of me. They were the terrific twos. But how many people, you know, uh, have get their kids' old T-shirts, you know, this is my little pain in the butt, or just, you know, a little devil, or... 
You know, there's things parents put on their kids. It's like, do you really want that on your child? So when we're talking about using self-control, it might be funny and it might be some of the, the humor of the world, but in the context, if your words are powerful and we get what we say, why would you say some of the things over our kids that we're putting on them? Or our marriage. That's well, right. my, my wife, she's the, old, she's the old battle axe. She's the old ball and chain. Well, if you're saying stuff like that, what are you going to get? Okay. That's good. Okay. Number three. Okay, I'll, I'll refrain. I was, I was just going to breeze through I know these. you were. I know. I know. Number three is teaching patience in the home. I was waiting for him to stop me. <laughs> patience, being patient with your children and teaching your children to be patient. That they don't need everything. They don't need your attention. They don't they shouldn't demand your attention every time they think they need your attention. We'll get to that later. Number four is love. There should be love demonstrated in the home. Those these are these are morals in the Bible. These are scriptures. We could have we could have 30 scriptures on each one of these. Love. Number five is giving grace. This is an ethic. This is a moral that is in the Bible that you should be teaching in your home. Giving grace to one another. You know, when the, when the, when the sisters are, uh, okay, I'll just tell on my kids. When they were in the middle of a, a squabble between the two of them, I would say, now, if you're perfect all the time, you know, I'd go to the one who was really mad because the other one had screwed up. Are you perfect all the time? Well, no. Okay, could you give them grace right now? <laughs> could you give them grace right now? Yes. Good. Now, doesn't that feel better? <laughs> I spoke something over my, my daughters that... Words are containers, and it came to pass. I spoke over my daughters when they were just having a tough... You know when you're, the siblings go through stages and they're just doing this, and they're on each other's nerves all the time, and I said, someday the two of you are going to be best of friends, so you better figure it out now. And I spoke that over them many times, and they are the best of friends. They're like this. They don't, they don't even like to do things apart from each other. They are the best of a friends as adults. But words are containers and giving grace. Okay, number six, this is real easy. You're going to be like, well, duh. But you'd be surprised how much it's lacking in raising a family. Kindness. Kindness. Can we just be kind to one another? Whether that is in, in a spouse, or that's with children, or whether that's with your grown children. Can you just be kind? Like, could we just go back to the Bible and see that kindness is, is part of the biblical principles? You know, and I, I think one of the things in just home life, whatever that is, wherever you're at in life, is if I could just add a number seven, and like you said, we could add a bunch, but have fun. We live in a heavy world, a heavy society, where it is, it, there's pressure on us. There's pressure on families. There's pressure on couples. There's pressure just trying to pay the bills. 
And so life is heavy. Find a way to have fun in your home. Have fun. I mean, I, I sometimes don't feel like being silly, but I'll just do something silly just to get a rise out of her, to make her laugh. Um, you know, we, just do crazy stuff. You know, if, you don't, if you're not, don't know, Talk to John Paranzi. He'll give you some great ideas, and I'm sure you. I was also do. looking at Scott down here. Scott, He's yeah. number one fun. He, you know. he reminds me a lot of you because he goes to funny voices. Um, you know, I go to usually a fun little tune. I've got tunes in the back of my brain that go for miles, and I can literally I think in song. And I I figured out that that's a good way to bring the atmosphere of the home into fun. I even do it on the job. I'm really sorry, Amy. I sing around here, whatever tune. I mean, it could be the craziest, funniest tune I can think of. And I just, I hum it, I sing it, I do it while I clean house. Um, and you're always making f funny voice inflections because it just lifts the atmosphere of the heaviness of the world. Because you can get yelled at on your job and come home and feel defeated, feel like dangling your feet off of a dime. But if you can put a little joy in, in just forcing yourself. I came from a tough meeting even this week to realizing I'm coming in from the tough meeting and I decided I'm going to put a, a song in my heart. I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious. You can go from one of the toughest meetings where you feel like you just ripped my heart open, but I am choosing joy right now. And I went from that meeting and I put a song in my heart and I let it just come out of me freely. No matter what you're going through, you got you to gotta instill this in your home because otherwise your home is just depressing and, and it's sad and, it's, and it's, you got to put some joy there. Joy is strength. Joyous strength in your home. So figure out a way to, to have fun, good fun, clean fun, not something twisted and weird. Just tell a little story on myself. Sometimes in the office, you know, I'll be like, oh, man, you know, like that. I'll do that in my, at my desk. And Amy, when she started working several years in the office, she's just like, did he just do what I thought he just did? You know, <laughs> do you need to go to the bathroom or something? You know? I'm sorry, I make bodily function noises all the time. Forgive me. So, you know, just, we got to have fun. That's right. All right. Philippians chapter two. Y'all doing okay? Philippians chapter two, verse three says, don't be selfish. This verse right here sums up the last seven points we just gave you. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests but take an interest in others too. Can we teach that to our kiddos? Can we? Can we teach them that when they go to a birthday party, that they are to be blessing the, per the person whose birthday it is, and you don't have to have something for yourself? Yeah, I said it. Sometimes our kids are get so selfish that it's always all about them. It's like, no, this world is not about you. It's about what can you do for somebody else. It's about growing up to be an amazing adult who blesses people everywhere you go. 
I mean, I, I don't think there's one in this, in this place or watching online who does not want the next generation to be a generation who blesses others. Am I right? I don't care if you don't even have kids. Your desire in your heart is, Lord, please help this generation to bless someone else in their words and in their actions and in their attitudes. Am I right? Well, how does that happen? It happens by us demonstrating it in front of them with our words and our actions of they mean more than me. It's time for me to put myself crucified. What did, what did Jesus say? Crucify yourself. What else did he say? Take up your cross. Hello? Daily? And follow me. Following Christ is about putting others above ourselves. So why on earth wouldn't we want that in our homes? Why would we not want to demonstrate that and teach that to our children about could you put your sibling above yourself? <laughs> oh. Could you put your parent above yourself? Okay, y'all catching me? You know, and this is, you know, putting your family above yourself uh, is sometimes as a parent, you definitely got to go without so your family can have what they need to have to function. And so sometimes what you want has got to just stay on the shelf till you know, you can get enough money or whatever. But the kids got to come, in this case, you got to clothe them and feed them and provide for their needs and, and all that. But there's also another level to this, too. We've seen where parents have certain hobbies or desires, and they, you know, it's parent time to go do what they want, and then the family is, is kind of left on the outside wondering what's going on, and, and they go do whatever they do. And, and it's okay maybe sometimes to do that, but we've also seen where these kids get raised and, you know, the parents got a fantastic hobby and thing that they love to do all the time, annually, but the child has never, ever been a part of that world. And it's like, you, you mean you were never included to go do what your parents did? You know, it, it's, this is what we're talking about. Include them. It's, it's part of the training. It's part of the example. It's part of, you know, bringing them along, showing them how to, you know, do whatever. My dad liked motorcycles, so instead of him just having the coolest motorcycle and, you know, him going off with his guys, what did he do? He bought a little dirt bike for his boys. And so, you know, he went without, and he would sit and stand and watch and let us go drive around the track. Well, he didn't. And did he want a motorcycle? Absolutely. You know, another thing, too, is uh, one time we were at a family gathering, and uh, when a, uh, the grandmother's was, was standing because none of the chairs, there was no chair available. Of course, I'm a little guy, a little healthy guy, and I'm just sitting there just all sprawled out on, my, on a chair, and, you know, hey, Greg. Why don't you stand up so, so grandma can sit down? Well, no, I'm comfortable. <laughs> you know, she can go get a folding chair or something. And it's kind of what I'm thinking, but dad's like, you know, you need to get up right now. <laughs> <laughs> and so, okay, I get up. And, you know, then you, I learned to prefer somebody before... I, we, were on a, we were in uh, New York several years ago, and we were on a subway, 
and uh, kind of similar. There were some elderly ladies, and here's a bunch of teenagers, and they're sitting on the seat, and these elderly ladies uh, had to stand on a subway, and I thought, you know, these kids got raised without my dad, you know. So, you know, hey, one of you can sit here where I was. You know, we, we're missing that, preferring somebody else. I'm capable. I can stand. I can stand as long as I need to stand. But, you know, you've, you've lived life. I want to honor you, your years, your, who you are as a, as, a, as a woman, as a dignified person. Have a seat. Take, take a rest. Are we exemplifying that in our world? I mean, we don't even need kids to do that. As a Christian gesture of who we are and who we serve, we should be doing that. It's a witness of it who is. is in us. And what you're, what you're talking about, the Bible talks about honor and respect. I'm going to give you another example. Do, do y'all like examples? They help me. You give me a story, and I'm like, oh, I get it. Um, you know, just the example of, you know, I was taught that when somebody's dishing up dessert, because, you know, as a kid, that was my favorite part of the meal, um, I don't start eating the dessert until everyone has been dished up at the table. And why? And, but here's the thing I want to tell you is I was taught why. I wasn't just told, don't eat. I was taught, you don't eat till the person dishing up eats because you're showing respect to the person who has decided to do that for you, who has given of themselves either to make it, buy it, or dish it up. You're giving them respect. And so I learned that you wait till everybody's been served, and then you kind of eyeball it. I mean, as adults, we all know this. Why are we not teaching it, though, in our homes is the question. Oh, respect. Because we got to go back to the Bible, and the Bible says we are to honor and prefer others above ourselves. But there are practical things that we're missing in the home, like, oh, yeah, I need to teach that and teach it why. You know, a uh, a two- or a three-year-old, I'm giving a disclaimer here, you may not be able to give them why. You know the wonderful three-year-old who's why about everything? Why? 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 Give yourself a break, parents. You don't have to, you don't have to answer every why from, from them. But, you know, as they grow, like by the time they're five, they really de- do need to understand why because it will help them to instill it in their life because now that I've learned why, I want to do it. Because they're, as, as a five-year-old, if they've started to understand God, if they've understand the love of God, then they start to understand, I want to also have this love of God demonstrated in myself. And so they'll, they'll go, oh, that does make sense. I should wait till the person serving gets to eat too. So that's what I'm supposed to do? <laughs> you do you a You know what a big mess it. I will have? On the table with drool coming out of my mouth while I wait? No, that's just the dogs that do that. <laughs> not, not just the dogs. Oh, All right. man. There are so many examples here, and we have so much more. But um, that will just give you something to be excited for next week. Amen? We've got so many tidbits here and so much scripture and so many examples. It's an, I'm, I'm excited about it. I hope you are, too, because God wants us, whether you're kids are grown or not, we are influencers in this world. Amen? And and we're in a culture war where the family is under attack, and uh, we need to have some direction and some, what does the Bible say about family life? 
and uh, God is all about family. He's Father God, and so we're his kids, and so there's a lot of goes both ways kind of thing in our practical homes and also just serving the Lord. So good stuff. Let's, uh, let's stand. Amen. And, you know, give each other grace as, as uh, families that we come together at a church, you know. Um, we, all, we all need help raising our kids and loving on one another and just encouraging, you know. Some of you people that have already raised your kids, you know, it would, it would mean a lot to some of the younger families to, to give them a little money or just say, you know, I see you get your kids here. That is a tremendous effort to get kids ready to come to church. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's, it doesn't just happen. Okay, kids, let's go to church. And they all just, okay, just jump out of bed, clothe themselves. And <laughs> no, man, that's like the biggest effort of the whole week is trying to get them to church. Tell them thank you for making it to church, and they're doing a great job bringing their family to church. You know, I'm, I'm going to go as far as to say this in the family of God is if your kids are grown or if you have no kids, ask God if you're supposed to just bless somebody else and watch their kids once in a while. I have talked to a number of parents in the last month who said, we never get alone time. We don't get dates because we can't find a babysitter. That's rough. That's rough. We're a family of God. If you ask God, God, am I supposed to volunteer myself to just give somebody a break who's in that part of life where they just, you know, I mean, if you've already raised your kids, can you remember what it was like when you were about ready to pull out your last hair? I remember. I might be a little thinner. Let's close our eyes. Let's get alone with God. God is so good. He puts up with us. He loves us with an unfailing love. He is a good, good Father. If you're here this morning or watching online and Jesus Christ is not in your heart or, you know, just you need a family. You just need to belong to the family of God. It's simple beginning. Don't have to fill out adoption papers or anything like that. It's asking him into your heart to be a part of your everyday life. And if you're here, we just ask you to just raise your hand and follow along in a prayer that Pastor Starling is going to lead us in. If you're watching online, just do the same. Just participate and ask God to come in. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord is, will be saved and is part of his great family. So on the count of three, raise your hand, get involved, pray this prayer, get right. One, God is good. Two, there's no better day than right now. Number three, let's put some action. Raise your hand. So Jesus Christ, amen. Yes, yes, yes. Awesome. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Church, would you all pray this prayer with those who've raised their hands? And those watching online, just lift your hands towards whatever device you're watching us or listening to us right now. Say, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I thank you. I thank you. For the blood of Jesus. For the blood of Jesus. That forgives me. That forgives where me. Where I have fallen short. Where I have fallen short. Of your best. Of your best. I ask that you would. I ask that you would. Forgive me. Forgive me. Of all. Of all. My sin. My sin. I thank you. I thank you. You died. You died. You rose again. You rose again. You're seated at the right hand of God. You're seated at the right hand of God. For my behalf. For my behalf. 
I'm a new creation. I am a new creation. In Christ. In Christ. Old has passed away. Old has passed away. All has become new. All has become in new. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.